Welcome to the Intentional Life Coach Podcast, where we help you find your purpose and live with intentionality. Join us and receive inspiration, tips, and advice to help you live the intentional life. I'm your host, Tian Do. Now let's get on with today's show. One of the people that, one of the books that I picked up uh, recently was Mel Robbins' book called The Five Second Rule. And I just love that book, and I, I love her, her, her concepts uh, that she teaches in there. Uh, then I, I um, downloaded uh, her Audible uh, version of her coaching. Um, it's called uh, Kick-Ass by, uh, with Mel Robbins, and it's, you can only get it on um, Audible. But it's uh, recordings of her personal um, life coaching sessions with uh, six or eight different, different uh, people, um, and I thought it was fabulous. Now, uh, you know, I highly recommend it. Now, I want to warn you, she uses colorful adult language, and they talk about some serious stuff. Not everything that she says I agree with, but just hearing another life coach um, talking with a client and helping them get through some things, I just thought it was an amazing learning experience. And, and what I wanted to talk to you uh, today is uh, one of the one of her sessions um, with a person named Marcus Ogden. Um, it, it was just something that that really resonated with me. Um, Marcus Ogden. This is this is a, a interesting story. Marcus Ogden it, uh, was a NFL football player. Um, you may not have heard of Marcus, but you probably heard of his brother. Um, his brother is NFL Hall of Famer Jonathan Ogden. Played for UCLA. Uh, you know, my hometown school here at UCLA, he uh, is probably the one of the most um, uh, one of the best offensive linemen in, in football history. Jonathan Ogden. He was six, nine. I don't know how, how much he weighed. He was like three something huge guy. But he was fast on his feet. He was strong. He was an All-American. And um, so Jonathan Ogden, he, he was drafted fourth overall and uh, played 12 seasons for the Baltimore Ravens. He played in 11 Pro Bowls, and he won. He helped the Ravens win their first Super Bowl. Uh, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame as both a collegiate athlete and a uh, NFL star. So that that's uh, that's Jonathan Ogden. And, and while um, Jonathan had a great NFL career, his younger brother Marcus was not. Didn't do as well. Marcus was kind of the brain in the family. He went to Howard University uh, to study finance. Um, and he started playing uh, football for Howard, but he really wanted to be a, an investment banker like their father. He never planned on uh, going to the NFL, but, uh, you know, he, um, he did well um, at Howard, and uh, agents started calling him, and so he decided to focus, um, starting in his junior year, started focusing on his football career, and he actually got drafted in the sixth round, so it's not... not a uh, high draft pick like his brother, uh, fourth overall. This is the sixth round. Um, he played for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was uh, and he bounced around the NFL for a few years and and just w- bounced out of the league. He, he he retired after a few years. Uh, really didn't do much in the NFL. Didn't have too much playing time. So that's probably why you never heard of him. But Marcus w- was smart with his finances. Remember, he he went to Howard and uh, he studied finance. So he saved up in his short NFL career, you know, his signing bonuses and all that stuff. He saved up $2.5 million uh, from, from his uh, NFL career. And he started, with that money, he started a construction business. 
that business went on to, to grow to become a multi-million dollar company in a short amount of time. He had 50 employees. But soon after that, he just everything just fell apart. Every, he just lost everything. He uh, overstressed himself, um, got into a debt. His company got into debt. Um, several multi-million dollar deals uh, fell through because he didn't read the fine print on things and things fell through and people, he, um, creditors came and started asking for their money and uh, he, his, his cars got repossessed. His home was foreclosed on and then Marcus filed for, for bankruptcy. Um, he, he goes on, he tells this story um, in this interview with uh, Mel Robbins that with the help of the NFL Players Association, um, they helped him get a job with Merrill Lynch because that's that's where you know he has a finance degree uh, from Howard. So so they helped him get an interview and a job with Merrill Lynch, but he only lasted there at Merrill Lynch for one week because he could not pass um, the the basic exams because. He, he forgot everything. It's been 10 years. He's, he's trying to be a football player, and he forgot everything he learned. And um, he, he, he was fired because he couldn't pass the basic finance exams uh, for, you know, to get their certifications. This led Marcus to deep, deep depression. He, he sought uh, solace in the, bo- uh, you know, the, the bottle, became an alcoholic, um, and it was just a sad uh, part of his life. Uh, to, to make ends meet for his family, to pay the bills, what he did was he took random jobs coaching, coaching uh, high school football players. He started running football camps, and he, he tells a story about how he, he would um, just kind of cold call people and say, hey, do you, does your child need a football coach? I'm doing this, you know, and he was making, uh, try, trying to pay the bills, and even that wasn't, wasn't enough, so he took on an additional job. So now he has three jobs. He worked part-time late in the evenings, uh, making minimum wage as a janitor, making eight twenty-five an hour as a part-time janitor. Now you got to picture this. He is the brother of NFL legend Jonathan Ogden. Comes from a great family. His dad's a financial uh, planner, an investment banker. He graduates from Howard University uh, with a finance degree, uh, signs with the NFL team for millions of dollars, starts a, a construction company um, worth multi-millions, and then in a short amount of time, he loses everything, he can't get a job, and he starts to drink, and then now he is an, a janitor, working three jobs, making minimum wage. And the the low the low point with um, the the low point in his life the turning point he says this uh, one day when he was uh, taking out the trash his uh, glove that he wore when he was taking out the trash uh, ripped and um, he got spoiled milk um, onto his hands it actually touched his hands and and it, it grossed them out and he couldn't believe what happened like he was like what happened to my life. And he said that that was the catalyst um, uh, that changed his life. That, that moment was his rock bottom moment. When that happened, he sat down on the curb and he said he started to weep. He started to cry. And that, that moment, something happened and it changed his life. And uh, what he's doing now is amazing. Now he, Marcus is a successful 
keynote speaker. He's a motivational speaker. He's an author. He works with the NFL to mentor young players, and he, he, he talks about um, life decisions and, and being smart with your money, uh, which, is, which is much needed because um, he says that 78% of people who leave the NFL, ex-NFL players, 78% of them declare bankruptcy just a, a short time after they leave uh, the NFL because they don't know how to handle their money. So it was just a huge turnaround. It's a huge turnaround. So how did it happen? How did it happen? He says this, at that lowest moment when he got that spoiled milk all over his hands and um, something happened. He, he sat down, he, he, he wept, and he, he said this. He says, that's enough. I, I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And as he was sitting there on the curb in tears, he heard the voice of his father, his father's voice in his head saying, Marcus, uh, this is where you're going to have to go back to, to what I taught you. You know, I taught you leadership skills. I, you know how to get yourself out of this. You got to stop blaming people because if you're going to blame people, you're always going to be right where you're at. You know, you, 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 you'll always be uh, um, just dependent on people and you'll always get what life throws at you. You won't ever get to where you want to go. So he heard, he remembered his father's voice saying this, Marcus, I taught you. You got leadership skills. You could get yourself out of this. So he wiped his tears away. And, he, and in that moment, he took out a pen. He went home and when he took out a pen and he wrote down his life's goals. And he talked about five life goals and he, he, he gave himself a, he, he became his own life coach, basically. So in this interview, uh, he was talking with uh, Mel Robbins, asking her, okay, I'm trying to build this business. How, um, how can I grow this business? How can I even get to the next level of success? And there's three lessons I learned from this interview that I just want to share with you. And this is an example of, of how, um, what a life coach can do. Because even though Marcus went through this journey, he still needed Mel Robbins to help him get to the next level. So these are the summary of lessons that I learned listening to this, uh, uh, this interview. The first lesson is, is own your story. Uh, you know, Marcus wanted to, to grow his speaking career, but, but he didn't own his story. He, he, he presented himself as a, quote, a leadership expert. And, and what Mel says is like, hey, leadership experts are a dime a dozen. It's hard to distinguish one from another. And, and um, what, what the life coach did was help Marcus embraced his story of early success, of struggle, of failure, and of how, he, how he, he got himself back on the right track. And so, the, so she helped him to say, you know what, you got to own your story. Don't try to lean on your credentials. Don't try to be an expert. And own that story about getting that spoiled milk on your hands and, and, and own that story. Because that's what that story is going to make him memorable and relatable. So for me, when I was just thinking about this, right, how do we apply this to our lives, is that um, we got to understand that each and every one of us, we are one in a million. Actually, more than that, we're one in six, seven billion people. Um, and and if, you're, if you're leaning on your credentials, and I know I do this all the time, um, you know, I got a doctorate, and sometimes when I feel insecure about myself and about my story, I remind people, hey, I got a doctorate. So, so that's, that's kind of me. I'm, when I'm insecure, 
I lean on my credentials. You know, when we lean on our expertise or, or you know, it's a sign of insecurity. It's, it's the imposter syndrome poking its head out. And because you, you're not, you're not, we're not owning our story. So it's, it's our story, not our credentials, that makes us unique. So some questions, um, uh, thought-provoking questions here. So uh, let me give you three questions to ask. What part of your story are you currently ignoring? Right now, in your story, like in your life, what parts uh, of your story are you currently ignoring? You know, a lot of times we talk about our successes, but we never talk about our failures or our struggles. But we've got to realize that the, that part of our story is what makes us human, what makes us relatable, and it gives us context for, for potential success in the future. Uh, another question, question number two, is where am I trying to be someone I'm not? You know, are you presenting yourself as this guru, this expert, and you're just trying to fake it till you make it? That's not owning your story. Third question, where am I leaning too much on my credentials and expertise? You know, where, where are you leaning too much on that? Take some, to, take some time to answer those questions. I mean, be honest about yourself. It's going to uh, reveal where you're not owning your story. And that's where you need to focus. Okay, that's lesson number one. Um, second lesson that I, I gleaned from this interview was something Mel Robbins calls time travel. And I think this is genius. I'm going to apply this to my own coaching practice. She calls it time travel. And, and, and she says this. This is how you do it. In your imagination, go forward to where you want to be in two years. Now, imagine right now, two years from now, where do you want to be? Okay. Um, imagine yourself that you have this string of success. You're, you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're experiencing the success that you, you want in two years. Not, we're not talking 20 years, just two years in the future, right? Imagine what, um, imagine where you are, what you're doing, the success that you're having. I mean, you know, um, did you, where are you at in your business? Where are you at in your relationships? Where, where are you at in your finances? Where are you at in your character or your, your purpose? Then, so imagine that person, okay, two years from now, then, Take out a sheet of paper and then interview your future self. Um, interview that person, uh, your future self, two years from now and ask that person, okay, how did you get there? What did you have to overcome to get there? And then this is, this is the, the most important question to ask your future self, right? This is something that you're actually just doing in your own head, but um, think of it as an interview. Ask this question. What are your daily habits like? Like, how do you um, ask your future self, what time do you wake up? What do you do? Uh, do you work out um, if you're in business? Like, how much, how many sales calls do you go on? Uh, what do you do? Do you, um, like, what, what habits? What are your daily habits like? And so ask your future self, your, your future self two years from now, um, ask, ask, ask him what he does on a daily basis. And once you find out the answers to those uh, interview questions, the next step is to compile a list of behaviors and habits that your future self uh, does on a daily basis. And then you start making those habits and behaviors and routines part of your everyday schedule. Does that make sense? So, so you're going to match your, ha your current habits with the habits of your future self, your future successful self.
And, and you know, if you start doing what successful people do in a short amount of time, you'll start experiencing the same success they experience. So that's, that's the lesson number two called time travel. I think that's brilliant. Lesson number three is to get back to the basics. Um, when Marcus was stuck, when he was sitting there on that curb in depression and in tears, uh, he said, um, the, the, he asked himself this question. He, he asked himself, like, what in life came easily or energized me? It's just a brilliant question. He, you know, he was directionless. He didn't know where to go. And he asked this question, like, what did I do in life that, that you know, was easy? that people recognized me for and that energized me, that actually gave me energy. I didn't have to, I didn't have to take too much effort because it was fun. I could do it. I, I have confidence in it. And this is what led him, led Marcus back to speaking and coaching. It, it became, it was natural to him. He, he loved helping people. And uh, once he started doing that, once he started tapping into um, the basics of who he was, what he enjoyed, what, what came naturally and what energized him, it gave him momentum to get unstuck and, and back in track. So those are the, the three lessons I learned from the Marcus Ogden story. Uh, I, I believe these lessons are, are, are brilliant. It's is, is relevant to all of our lives. You know, I'm not at a moment right now where I'm at rock bottom. I have spoiled milk on my hand. That's, that's where, you know, but, but I also know I'm not, I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, so uh, when, I, when I learned these lessons, it was just something that, that caused me to, to think about where I'm at, how can I get to the next level. So I was just curious. I want to see what you thought about the, the Marcus Ogden story. Um, you know, how is his story similar to yours? Which lesson or question was most meaningful to you? Well, thanks for listening today. We hope that you found today's episode helpful. If you like the show, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or leaving a rating or review. You can connect with uh, me on my website. There's lots of free resources available to you. The website is tiendone.net. That's spelled T-H-I-E-N-D-O-A-N.net. See you next time.